I'm ready. Live from the basement of Voodoo Sound, it's time to get your mojo working. I got my mojo working, but it just won't work on you. Take the next 40-odd minutes to get your hands on some tips and tools that will get you working at your best in both your business and your personal life. Hey everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show, mate. I, I can't, I can't do what. What's with the Captain America pajamas and the candles? What's, well, we're talking about sleep tonight and relaxation, so I had to get myself in the mood. And can I just show you how well they go with the rock and roll UGG boots? <laughs> Dunlop is. Volley UGG boots. Mate, it's very Mick Jagger. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that you Basically. are rocking. Yeah, basically, you're rocking the studio tonight, and we are just for the for the listeners. We are recording this at night because we do have a special show on sleep tonight. And I've got to say, Robbo, um, in talking to people about recording this show tonight, I have never had such an overwhelming interest in a show than around this topic. Oh, it's it's one of the the most basic things of life, isn't it? It's certainly something I basic. don't do well. Trust me. <laughs> How was your um, How was your day today? Let's not go there. Next question. <laughs> Maybe a more pertinent question would be: How did you recover from your day today, Robbo? How did you get your How, how did you get your mojo working to come into the studio? Here, I wound my mojo back up because I certainly wasn't in the mind frame to be recording. So I thought I needed to do something. So I kicked back, grabbed my um, my copy of Sticky Fingers, turned Ooh. the headphones up loud, and just took my mind off everything and I've got to tell you it worked a charm. A, what a great album. Yeah, well, one of the greats but there, there's actually science behind that because it's um, by distracting your conscious mind, letting your subconscious mind chill um, by doing something totally different and um, a lot of songwriters, I remember uh, reading a piece about Elton John and he wrote your song in something like 30 minutes mm. and uh, he said Bernie would give him the lyrics and he would sit down if he couldn't write it if he couldn't write a piece of music in 30 minutes he closed the piano and walk away because he refused to, to draw blood from a stone and what you've really done is essentially a form of that is you know forget about it go to something else use music to distract yourself mm. and um, it's a really good way to get your mojo back so mm. um, you, you, you're way ahead of the science buddy <laughs> <laughs> uh, look I'm just a you know a, a performance leader a rock, a rock dog, rock dog. performance leader. <laughs> um, hey, did you I, know? I just on the on the Rolling Stones. Did I found out the other day? Did you know that Bill Wyman has a restaurant in London? Really? And do you know what it's called? And this is a dead set fact. Do you know what it's called? No. It's called Sticky Fingers. Oh, we gotta go. We, gotta go. we should record a show there. I, I could just picture. I could just picture Keith sitting in the restaurant, and Bill's going, "Oh, geez, what am I gonna?" call this place and there's Keith eating with his hands and Bill's gone let's call it Sticky Fingers <laughs> he's got the ribs <laughs> cracker okay enough of this for frivolity yes um, let's get into it because this, uh, this this is going to be a great show tonight getting your mojo working this is the Mojo Radio Show I um I was doing a speaking job recently in Sydney at an event called the Day of Inspiration with um, our guest tonight. And when Anna took the stage, um, she had this beautiful aura about her and she asked the audience, and there's maybe, I don't know, 350 or 400 people in the audience, how many people got eight hours sleep? And I was stunned. Not me. By There would have been 10 or 12 people in the whole room put their hand up and I just went, poor. 
yeah. man, this is um, this is really something. So I approached Anna after the gig and said, "Would you be kind enough to um, to come on the show tonight?" So um, this is this is uh, to me, I think, a critical part of what we do in terms of Mojo Robbo, and um, we're delighted to have. Anna Devena on the show all the way from Byron Bay. Anna, hello. Good evening. Good evening. And can I just say, if you can't sleep in Byron Bay, where can you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I live in paradise. I'm very happy about that. You do live in paradise. Now, um, you, you are known as the sleep muse. What led you to become a sleep muse? It's a really interesting story. Well... After I overcame 10 years of insomnia, I really understood the pain that so many people are in and I wanted to help alleviate that pain. And I realised through my work that I've been given a gift of being able to really lull people into a relaxed state and actually put them to sleep. I put hundreds of people to sleep. <laughs> and that's a good personal trait? Stay with us, Robbo. Robbo, stay with us. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I better be careful that I don't talk with my sleep, boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I wanted to share that gift with the world. And so I work with people on an individual level and I make um, products and I give talks. So... That's what led me to be sleep news. So, who are you? Um, who are you mostly working with? Just give, give me an idea of your um, of a client um, that you're seeing now that would come to you with issues. What's the what's the type of person? The typical type of person who's struggling with this? Well, you know, in my twelve years of doing this, I've worked with people of all ages, from two year olds, which generally involves the parents quite a lot. Um, to 90-year-olds. So I would say my main um, people I work with are between the ages of 30 and 50 and they're quite high achievers and Mm. creative and, you know, really quite excited about life generally and, and just basically really busy and unable to unwind naturally. Mm. And, um, so what are you observing in those sorts of people? What are the, what are the, tell me when they come to you and say they, they download their symptoms, um, what sort of stuff would they be saying to you? Well, they're all really stressed, highly stressed all the time and very often they're depressed. Um, quite often they feel suicidal. They said to me, I wanted to just turn into oncoming traffic on my way to you. Wow. Um, and these are people who... You know, I've, I've had millionaires come to me, and they're just—you know—money means nothing when you don't, when you can't sleep, and you, you, your health is really suffering. Um, so they're often really desperate, highly stressed. But what is really common is that very quickly, once they learn a few simple skills and some key information that they start getting better a lot quicker. So this person who was really depressed a week or 10 days prior walks into my office and they look quite different. And then another week and they're, they're completely different. So, but, you know, that they do come in quite a um, deteriorated state, but that can shift really quickly. And I've seen that time and time again. 
describe to me um, what a typical night for, say, that high-achieving executive, because there's no doubt that we, our, our listenership is pr- primarily those sorts of people that are, you know, people who, who want a good life. They've got stress, not maybe just not, not just office, but it could be, um, you know, guys out in the road doing work. It could be a mum. It could be a school teacher. Um, describe the sort of the, what, what's 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 a, a night sleep or absence of sleep. What's what's a night look like for these sorts of people? Um, often they tell me that they just don't get tired, and so mm. they're they're in a state of alertness like late into the night, and that's generally because of things that they're doing or not doing that would support their body. So they they just feel kind of wired through the night. They don't they don't get a sense of calming down. And then they get into bed and it's often like a war zone in their bed. So they're often really stressed in bed, thinking I'm not gonna to get to sleep again and tomorrow's gonna to be really bad and this is hell and they might drift into sleep a little bit but then they wake up again or they get to sleep initially, sleep for a few hours and wake up. That's Probably the most common thing that I'm hearing is that people yeah. are getting to sleep initially, but it's often a light sleep and they wake up and then they can't get back to sleep. It's, it's interesting, you know, because um, you do hear people talk about sleeping and that sort of stuff. But one thing that I don't hear people say is as a symptom, I don't get tired. Mm. And that that's such an interesting comment. Um, that um, you don't you don't normally hear people talking about that. Like well, I don't um, get sleepy. I don't get sleepy. Yeah. Well, that's me. And, yeah. and so I have to explain that. Well, if you're on a screen, the light coming from that screen is telling your brain to make wake up hormones, and so hormonally, you're awake. So what people aren't understanding is they're keeping themselves buzzed up and awake when they're on a screen. And, and I think that's part of our society now. You know, we're, we're in an age where we're just constantly being seduced by screens that are telling us we need more, we need to do more. And so we're just being fed all this stimulation at night when we need to be calming down. And the darkness is the best sleeping pill. Darkness signals to our brain to start making melatonin which is our major sleep hormone. And so when we're being um, exposed to light from light bulbs or screens, our body's getting all the wrong signals. So one of the key things I teach people is to lower your exposure to light in the evening after dusk and turn your screens off an hour before you want to sleep. Uh, Robbo, there's Mm. gold in them their heels, my friend. That's gold. <laughs> hey, um, just um, you mentioned hormones. Can you just quickly describe to us, Anna, what effect does this, is it having an impact on our hormones in our brain? What, what effect is that having on our general health? Well, the um, medical world calls it a state of high inflammation. So when we're not getting enough sleep, the body goes into a kind of red alert and it means that we've got high levels of cortisol and adrenaline running through our system constantly and that after a while wears the body down a lot of people get a bit addicted to it this high um, stress state and they think it's kind of you know buzzy but the body can't handle it for long and something usually gives 
So, and every body responds differently to that stress. So we have um, high stress levels that are pretty constant and we also have low serotonin and that's our happy hormone. So basically in a nutshell, we feel stressed out, burnt out and unhappy. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, there are some serious um, health issues that are related to poor sleep and high blood pressure, heart problems, heart attacks, diabetes, um, weight gain, depression. The, the, the list is pretty long, but they're the main ones. Oh, just, just, to, just to name a few. Just to name a few light ones. <laughs> <laughs> Holy mackerel. It's, uh, gee, you know, and... and it was so evident when I when I saw you, Anna, at the Day of Inspiration, when you asked that very profound question at the start of your uh, your presentation. Do you remember that? How few were people with their hand up? Yeah, it, it used to shock me, but now now I've just seen it so often. Yeah, well, I'm one of those. Yeah. Certainly, mm-hmm. me. Absolutely. Well, you can start by changing your pyjamas, mate. The Captain America thing is not really working, <laughs> The strobe light in the bedroom is probably not a good idea either, right? And no, it's not a very good. And also, just every time you turn away from the console, that little thing at the front for boys opens up. You sort of <laughs> keep turning back to the console. I've got bad boys. Uh, it's it's no weird. wonder I fall asleep in the studio, though. Dim, dark recording studios. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, let's talk about that, um, Anna. You you mentioned darkness um, and melatonin. What? Give me, you know, maybe three three um, of, of the best tips for someone who's listening. This goes, you know, what I tick a lot of these boxes. Tell me what I what, what these people could do immediately to start getting a better night's sleep. Well, first of all, I really suggest that you prioritize sleep because. Whatever we prioritise, we do, or we, you know, we make it important, and that that really drives our actions. So, to understand that you might be getting by, but ask yourself, how do you want to feel? You know, do you want to just get by? I want to feel really good. So, prioritise sleep and reduce light exposure. I've said that, but actually, be in dim light. Make friends with the dark. That, that's a pretty big topic. Embrace the dark. Making friends with the unknown, you know. I mean, how many people actually have a period of time where they're just being quiet and dim light? 20 minutes of that will signal to your body it's time to unwind and sleep now. So most people, you know, they're reading in bed, they're on the TV, they're on their computer, on Facebook, right before they go to bed. So there's this constant stimulation. So I say... Reduce the light, turn the screens off, and learn some ways to calm yourself in bed. A lot of us, you know, we've got heaps of different skills for getting ourselves going and, you know, getting all pumped up and inspired and into action. But some people, do you know how to switch off? I think I asked that question. I asked that question at the talk. Do you remember? Do you know how to switch off? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I would say, you know, Learn how to switch off. Find your off switch, and there's simple ways you can do that. Can can you can you just give me one or two very quick, simple ways to be able to do that? Just because we, it's nice if you better listen and be able to write down things and go, I can do that tonight. Like Robbo finishes in the studio tonight and goes, What would you say to Robbo that he could do tonight immediately to do that? Okay, so I'll give you a couple of things that you can do in bed because I've already said the things to do leading up to bed. 
So once you get into bed, snuggle in and notice that your mind wants to run off somewhere else. You know, your body's lying in the bed, but you, but your mind wants to run off into tomorrow or back into the day you just had. Just bring your mind into the present. And one of the easiest ways you can do that is by noticing how the bed feels, how your sheets feel, how your pyjamas feel. How do your pyjamas feel right now? All soft and fluffy. <laughs> soft and fluffy. So notice oh, how soft. Gold. Most pyjamas are soft, aren't they? So you notice how soft your pyjamas feel. And just keep your attention there and then notice the rhythm of your breathing and what happens as you breathe. And notice that the breath is coming and going without you doing anything. And you can just watch it. <laughs> just watch the breath. <laughs> so just watch the breath. And then notice your heart. Notice that your heart's beating all by itself as well. And just bring all of your attention into the physical sensations that you're experiencing in your bed. And if your mind wants to wander off, you say, no, 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 no. I'm just going to be here and now. And if you do want to distract your mind with a thought, say, what do I feel grateful for? And just think of something really simple. Mm. Maybe that it's the fact you have a really nice soft pillow. You know, just something simple. And then keep your attention on that. And if you have to take it one step further, you can say, okay, what's the most beautiful, calm place I've ever been? And you can imagine that. Different things work for different people. And one tip that works for many people is to relax your jaw. You just let the jaw soften and then you'll notice that your whole face will relax and your eyes will soften and you'll just feel a lot calmer because the jaw holds a lot of tension and when that releases, it kind of sets off a domino effect and a lot of the body then relaxes and releases. I'm almost asleep. (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I'll tell you. But can I just say, you're in bed and you've checked your breathing and you've checked your heart rate and you've felt all snugly in your pyjamas and you roll over and your wife knees you in the back. <laughs> your wife what? Knees you in the back. Knees you in the back. <laughs> That's yeah. my problem. Really? <laughs> yeah. She's the most restless sleeper in the world. So um, Right. Yeah. So she moves a lot. She moves a lot. She does indeed. And do you have a bed that... Um you know, exacerbates that movement? No, not particularly. It's a fairly s- solid sort of mattress. It's not hard, but it's hardish. But, um, yeah, yeah I, she's just I a really to, light sleeper. Okay. she. I do work with couples quite a lot, but she can look at what what is making her a light sleeper and could do some things that could help her sleep better, mm. like perhaps some magnesium would help her muscles just be more at ease at night. Oh, really? Um, but also a different mattress. So you could get a, um, like a memory foam topper. So mm-hmm. that when she moves, I mean, of course, if she needs you, that's another thing. But um, just the movement alone can be disruptive even if she doesn't touch you. So different kinds of mattresses can, can help with that. And memory foam is great. It's the, then you can get natural memory, memory foam. Which is, yeah, and you just get like a copper, which is about an inch. Okay. But it takes away, you know how when, when that person moves, then mm. the bed moves a little bit? Yeah. When you have a topper like that, they can move and you don't feel it at all. So awesome. I look at the practicals as well with couples. Yeah. Um, hey, one more quick question. 
My grandmother was a non-drinker, but swore yeah. by a glass of whiskey before bed. She told she, you know it was always her her thing that it put. But it, it's actually quite the opposite with alcohol, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, alcohol, and a lot of my clients will tell me that, you know, they know that alcohol will wake them up in the middle of the night, and that's because, so for two reasons, one is that the body gets dehydrated from alcohol, mm. so you're often thirsty in the middle of the night, but mm. as it's metabolising, things happen in the body that then wake you up, you don't feel very good, so initially how that dozy kind of helps you feel a bit sleepy, but then as, an, as it's metabolising, you get woken up, most people know that. But I say if you're going to drink, try and drink some water with it. And if you do wake up in the middle of the night, just have some warm water, stay in low light, stay calm. You might sit for a little while in the dark to just calm down and then you can get back to sleep, hopefully, unless you've been drinking for so long that you're giving yourself a liver condition. But um, so- <laughs> <laughs> even that, you know, even that, you can, you can calm things down. So, so poor yeah. old Nana doesn't always know best. Well, look, I've had... I, I, one of my most interesting clients I ever had was a really elderly man, and he'd been having a swig of ooh, brandy for his whole life. And he came in and he's like, I want to sleep without the brandy. And I said, oh, okay. And so he went on this. He had sessions with me until he could sleep without the brandy, but it took him into places that he'll probably never have gone within himself, mm. you know, ways finding his off switch at, mm. at, at late stage in life. He loved it. It's really good. There must be a part in programming yourself with this, Anna, just hearing you talk, there must be those people who are talking themselves out of sleep. Because one of the first things you said was calming down and knowing it's time to go to sleep and knowing it's okay. And there must be people who go to bed going, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. Well, I would say that next to light, that's the most common sleep hazard. Um, people convincing themselves that they can't sleep. So mindset is so important. If you're just telling yourself all day, I can't sleep, and you're focusing on not being able to sleep, then it's like you're looking down that road of not being able to sleep. And that's all you're thinking of, that's all you're expecting. And it's like a self-fulfilling um, prophecy. So I help people turn their attention to their natural ability to sleep. Sleep is natural. You know, our bodies can do it. We just need to support them. And so it often just, it requires more than doing more things, it requires doing less and trusting in your body's innate ability to sleep. That, that's a really important part of recovery. And um, that was one of the most important things I had to change in my thinking too. So you're right, a lot of people go to bed and say, can't sleep, never going to sleep, not going to be hell. Blah, blah, blah. And it just, when you do that, you actually activate stress hormones in your body, which is cortisol and adrenaline. And as I was saying before, you know, when mm, those yeah. hormones are present, melatonin can't be made. And so we keep ourselves buzzed up and stressed out and awake. Mm. Um, I think it's also um, part of the show, Robbo, is that. Um, I had a, a, a guy who works in one of the banks contact me after he saw Anna speak at the job we did in um, Sydney, mm. and he was completely blown away by Anna's presentation because it's, it's just beautiful and, and so pertinent and so powerful. And he, he immediately went home that night and put these things into action. And he actually, probably two days later, he sent me a note saying, I've never slept so well. 
So right. the nice thing is that there's theory, but there's also the practice of these things actually do work and are mm. having a big impact on people. Everybody needs sleep. Well, and you talk to any of the, the biohackers and, and, and the people who are working in general health and holistic care and all this sort of stuff, mm. ask them for their top three things. And as I said to Anna when I first met her you know, a couple of months ago, we, um, it's, it's in their top three things, yet it seems so simple. Yet so few people are actually able to do it really well. Yeah. Sleep and get a good eight hours. Yeah. That's, a, that's an interesting question. We had a, I had a call um, coming through from a listener this morning, Anna, who wanted me to ask you, um, what is better, short intervals of really good quality sleep or extended periods of poor interrupted sleep? Well, I would say that neither of those options are really good. Um <laughs> We need, we need to sleep a whole sleep cycle interrupted, uninterrupted, which is about 90 minutes to get benefit. So we cycle through these 90-minute sleep cycles during the night. And that's why at different points we're more susceptible to being woken up. So if we have a partner who snores, you think, well, you know, why am I woken up now? You know, and I, and I was asleep an hour ago. That's because you've gone through your deep sleep cycle and you're coming mm. up into light sleep again. So you're more likely to be woken up when you're in light sleep. So coming back to your question, when those 90-minute sleep cycles keep getting interrupted, we don't get our deep sleep, which is only about 20 minutes of the sleep cycle. And the deep sleep is the most beneficial part of our sleep cycle. So... Yeah, we need those 90-minute cycles to be uninterrupted. So if you're going to have a nap, have a 90-minute nap? Is that what we're saying? Well, no. I. It depends. If you're sick or you're highly sleep-deprived, yes, let yourself sleep a whole sleep cycle. Don't wake up after 40 minutes. Like, Don't set an alarm. Actually put in earplugs, put an eye mask on and have a a full sleep cycle, which is about an hour and a half. Otherwise, have a 25-minute nap. And the 25-minute nap is really helpful if you're having sleeping problems because it lowers your stress levels. I highly recommend it to people when they get home from work to have that little nap or just to lay down even for 15 minutes to bring down the adrenaline and cortisol from the day, especially if they've been sleep-deprived. If you have a nap for longer than that, you go into deep sleep and then when you wake up, if it's in the middle of that, that 90 minutes, you feel groggy and you feel grumpy, your brain doesn't work, disorientated and you've interrupted your sleep-wake cycle, your 24-hour sleep-wake cycle and really got not much benefit. So naps, i say, are the 25 minutes or a whole sleep cycle. This, this is interesting. This explain this to me. So um, we're going through these 90-minute sleep cycles. We need eight hours sleep at night to be maximizing the repair and everything else in our systems and to rest and so on. Does that mean we're going through five-ish sleep cycles, Anna? Yeah, yeah. Everyone has individual lengths. So some people are a bit longer, some people are a bit shorter. And one of the most helpful things that I tell people is that we're actually designed to sleep in 
two chunks of about four hours mm. with a little break in between. So when they take people out of environments with electric light, we go yes. back to this way of sleeping in two lots of sleep. And so that helps people relax when they wake up in the middle of the night because they can think, well, it's okay that I'm awake. You know, I don't need to stress out. So just mm. accepting that you're awake and then doing what your body needs. It's very natural that you'd need to maybe go to the toilet or have a drink after four hours. I mean, during the day, you'd need to do one of those things. So mm-hmm. it's very natural. And then if we can train ourselves to stay calm and give ourselves what we need and then get back to bed and be able to fall back to sleep, we actually have a really good quality sleep in that second um, chunk of sleep as well. You can look it up on Google, you know, second mm. sleep. No, it's, yeah, it's interesting. Do you wake up in the middle of the night? Do I? Yeah. No. Uh, no, but I get – I probably sleep on average about five to six hours a night. Last night was three and a half, and that was that was because of work, not because I couldn't get to sleep. Um, but yeah, my average would be six. Okay, and is that are you going to bed quite late because you're working late? <sighs> yeah, not always work. Sometimes uh, I my me time comes at about ten o'clock at night with yeah. with, with a one year old and a, a ten year old and a nine year old. So. Yeah. So I sort of find that I'll sort of, that's my time to catch up on my reading or whatever it is I want to do. So it's normally like 12 before I go to bed. And then, you know, the one year's up, one year old's up at six. So away we go again. Yeah. So yeah, with, with new parent or parents with young kids, it's often that, that choice. Do mm. I make this my wake up me time mm. or do I give myself that time to sleep? Mm. Just let the baby yeah. lie in the cotton scream. <laughs> What's your advice with that, Anna, for, for, for parents that are listening? Um, because one, when you talk about, you know, having somebody on to about sleep, um, you will get parents who say, well, I don't have a choice because I'm getting up during the night and so on. Um, is, there a, is there a hot tip you could give to parents who are having disrupted sleep? Yeah, I would say um, learn how to be deeply restful. So if you're not asleep, you can actually be in a state of deep rest where you're getting, you know, almost the benefit of sleep. But the things you can do to, to lower the adrenaline, so, you know, when you wake up to a baby crying, it actually stimulates adrenaline in your body and you feel really awake. Mm. So the things you can do to lower that down, so for instance, just drinking a little bit of warm water, um, just walking a little bit through the house will help dissipate that adrenaline in your body, keep the lights off. And then when you get back into bed, put a couple of pillows under your knees. That will elevate your, it will increase the blood flow into your upper body. Take the pillow out from under your head and that will calm your heart rate down, calm your mind down. Laying like that is just as good as sleeping if you can keep your mind calm. Isn't the body an awesome thing? I I love this stuff. I would say um, do things to support your nervous system. Um and strengthen your nervous system. So have, give yourself tonics that, that really help you get through that time because it really is a stressful time. I have run courses for mums and dads and, um, yeah, there's things you can do to help you through that time. Give me an idea just quickly of a, of a tonic that you would suggest. Well, like a, a tonic for your kidneys because often people get yep. adrenal fatigue when they yep. have yep. long-term lack of sleep. So... For instance, there's a great um, 
herbal um, remedy by a company called Fusion, which is for adrenal fatigue. And I think it's they're a great company, and that mm. can just really support you. I don't I don't um, advocate taking herbs or anything like that for a long period of time, but during times like mm. that where you're really stretched on all levels. We need to support our body and to, and to nourish our nervous system. So magnesium and um, herbs that support your adrenals are things that I often suggest to people. So people who there's – a, there's a big vibe now on these um, Fitbit uh, bands and up bands, and I've seen them and used them, which I find fascinating to sort of get some data. I'm not sure how accurate they are, but it I know – seeing a Fitbit said uh, this person had eight hours sleep. Uh, it might have been three hours, 52 of deep sleep, and then, you know, four hours remainder in light sleep. You know, is that, is that valid? And, and is, that, is, that a, is that a good, healthy amount to get of deep sleep? Is there an optimal amount we should be shooting for? Or is it just time in bed? Um, well, we need a certain amount of deep sleep to for our body to repair and rejuvenate. So it does vary. Um, I'm not familiar with those bands, so okay. I will look into those. Um, I generally ask people how they feel in the morning, <laughs> and <laughs> I go I go by that. By you know, are you feeling rested, and are you feeling fully awake during the day? So I, I, I would answer that question in that what we mm. need is quite individual. And yes. even, even in terms of our sleep, you know, they say that adults need between seven and nine hours of sleep yep. every night to feel well. So, you know, I just, I make that a, in the middle, I say eight hours is good. But some yep. of us can function really well on seven. Some of us really need nine. And so we need to know ourselves enough to know what we need and then know how to have that. In terms yep. of the deep sleep, as much as we can get yep. <laughs> is, my, is my answer. Does exercise vary the amount of sleep we have or we need? Like if you if you exercise for an hour a day, say, does that affect our body's need for sleep or how much sleep it needs? Um, I would say sleep, uh, sorry, exercise definitely helps us sleep but it depends on the kind of exercise Mm. as to whether we need more sleep because of that exercise Mm. so Mm. if it's really vigorous you definitely shouldn't do it at night because usually people get really overstimulated even people say to me after a yoga class they can't sleep so So the 7 o'clock circuit I do on a Monday night is probably not a good idea well how do you feel after it I feel great do you sleep well after it? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, I, I've never really thought about it, but yeah, I, 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 I probably would, yeah. Yeah, so different yogas. Some yogas, you know, really help you calm down. Mm. Others can be more stimulating, and then we're mm. all really individual. There are a small amount of people that uh, vigorous exercise really works for to, to get to sleep. Mm. But the majority of people, it gets them too um, worked up. But say it's a sport where... You know, you're really using all your muscles and, you know, you're really kind of doing some damage to your body in a sense, then, yeah, we need repair, and that repair happens while we're sleeping. But but I would say more um, 
just for the general person that exercise is going to help you sleep better. Mm. There's a lot of research that's been done on that. Even just a walk, a 20-minute walk helps you sleep better. Right. There's probably a, a, a ritual after that too, and I suspect that if you, if you do any of that, depending on how taxing it was on your body, you then need to go through a ritual to allow your body to calm down the adrenaline and the cortisol and stuff to dissipate in your body before you are in a state to really consider sleeping, do you think? Yeah, for sure, and stretching and yeah, mm. making sure you've got enough fluids and maybe having a bath. And on the bath subject, I'll say be careful of really hot baths because mm. often a hot bath can make it hard to fall asleep. It's actually as our body cools down that we then go into sleep and people are often having baths way too hot so it takes them a long time to then come and cool down. We need to be cool to sleep. So overheating yep. is something that a lot of people do um, unknowingly. So you can overheat by, you know, having a duvet that's too um, heavy or you have spicy food for dinner or, you know, you have a shower that's too hot. Or you, or you lying next to someone who's really, really hot. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and hello to my wife if you're listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, now, Anna, is, is room temperature, does that fall in line with your, your point? Definitely. We need to have you know, the room be cool, not, not really hot. So people who have their heater on and the air is really warm, it can often disturb your sleep. Mm. I find that in hotel rooms where they set the, the thermostat and you can't change it. I mean, the outside it's oh. freezy, but inside, and it just kills me. Yeah. I was going to say, Gary, it's tragic when you're staying in five-star hotels. It's just, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking to flag in, buddy. Um, <laughs> uh, and hello uh, to a call if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> but they do have the hotel go. Um, <laughs> um Anna, what's your your sleep, your own personal sleep ritual? Talk us through that. Well, I have just a few really dim lights in my house at night after dusk, and I turn them, I turn off one, and then I turn off another one, so that gradually there's just almost no light in my house, and I can feel my body responding to that, which I really love. And when I start to feel sleepy, I just lay on the ground. I have a fluffy rug. I lay on my fluffy rug and I just notice what I need. So sometimes I need to stretch. Sometimes I need to sigh. Sometimes I need to moan if I've had a really hard day. Um, and I just let go and um, have about maybe 15 minutes like that where I'm just looking at the stars. I'm very lucky I can see the stars from my place. And then I get into bed and I usually... I love my bed. My bed is my one of my favourite places in the whole world. So I usually feel very happy in my bed. Mm, and mm. I, I have a, a deep sense of, of gratitude in my bed. And I do. I just think how lucky I am to live in a place that's so peaceful and beautiful. I've travelled the world. I've lived in many different places. And I really do have a deep appreciation for how lucky we are. Mm. So I... I kind of, I go to sleep feeling grateful. I'd love to dim the lights in my house at night, but do you know what? If I walked from the studio to my bedroom, I'd probably encounter like 
five pieces of Lego, a dog, and God knows how many kids' toys. And by the time I got to bed, I'd be swearing the house down. <laughs> you can install, um, they're called night lights. You right. can put them, they're like a tiny little light that you put into a PowerPoint. Mm. You can turn your overhead lights off mm. and just have those. And that, that, that can make the ambience in the house so much nicer. And just mm. using lamps even. So it doesn't mean to have no light, but just try to cut out the overhead lights because that's mm. like giving your body the signal that it's daytime. And mm. it will help your kids wind down too. I have people stop me in the streets and thank me for the, the low light tip. They say, you know, mm. everyone is sleeping better. And mm. it's, just, it's very natural and it's very easy actually that just goes back to the primal ancestral way we were we were i mean it's always been that way you know it's it's the same in the country with farmers you know you 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 start working when the sun comes up and you go to bed when the sun goes down you know and so you really it's it's taking us back to to almost primal times Anna, isn't it with this with with what you're talking about in terms of winding down and with the dark well it's just it's just a natural way of living it's living in Mm. harmony with with natural light so, you know, in winter we have a lot more darkness. Next thing we need more downtime in winter. And if we give ourselves that, then we can be full power in summer. But most of us are, you know, we, we just are oblivious to the sun setting yeah. and the dusk yeah. outside. It's yeah. very, like, try it one day to just not turn your lights on inside um, when it gets dark. Or just have a few little lights. You, just, you can feel the dusk and everyone gets calmer in the house. You make it something fun if you've got kids. I must admit, here in the studio, just having these candles is quite calming, Rob, wasn't it? Well, what about the lava lamp over in the corner? <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to have to turn that down a tad. Nothing but style in this place, mate. <laughs> Swiss styling. Um, Anna, we're going to let you go because uh, you've, you've been very, very gracious with your time. This has been fantastic. A couple of um, quick-fire, rapid-fire questions for you. Rapid-fire mojo. What's the best thing that you did personally when you were going through your insomnia and the things that you faced in your times and you got to the point where you discovered true sleep? What was the best thing you did personally? I think it was shifting my focus from being stressed about not being able to sleep and thinking it was really hard to focusing on the fact that my body knows how to sleep and trusting that I could sleep and just keeping my attention there and learning the skills I needed to learn and applying Mm. everything I learned. Just shifting my focus to my natural ability to sleep, I would say. Gold. Um, What's the most surprising thing you hear when people get a good night's sleep? They've come to you, this stuff works. What's the most surprising thing you hear them say? Well, it's that how easy and how simple it was for them to shift into good sleep um, used to shock me, you know, just, and, and that often it's just such a small thing. So it might mm. be that, that they just dim the lights or they just relax their jaw or, you know, that they might have changed something they were eating at night. But often it's that um, how simply they shift and how quickly, you know, two to three sessions is what it often takes for people. Mm. So it used to surprise me, but now I think, wow, yeah, it is natural. And so when we stop doing the things that are, that are inhibiting that, and of course they're going to shift into natural sleep. 
What's your favourite piece of music to relax, to, to chill out, to, to, to come down to? Um, it's a piece called Still Return by Brian Eno off his album The Pearl. And a great producer. Beautiful. Great piece. Um, what's your favourite book at the moment? Well, I have a constant favourite book. <laughs> and it's called The Gift. It's called The Gift. <laughs> It's always on my bedside table. It's by Hafiz. He's a Persian poet. And this this is yeah. a translation by Daniel Adinsky. And it's just full of gems. I've been reading it for about eight years and I'm still finding new gems. So The Gift is my constant favourite. And I can attest to that because, and I didn't know you were going to give me that answer, but my wife gave me the same book when we first met. Um, What's your favourite time of the day? Definitely dawn. I love to get up at dawn mm. and go and watch the sunrise. And say you get up and you go and watch the sunrise, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I listen. I listen to the birds. There's usually kookaburras. And so they, they usually make me giggle because they're just so funny. And they're all, you know, they're, they're like an alarm clock really at about 5.30. So I hear them and I giggle along with them. <laughs> Aren't they a great way to wake up? Kookaburras and lorikeets. They're yeah. my two favourites. Oh, and I love yeah. the pied butcher birds, but it's usually the kookaburras that wake me up. And I, I really like them. Yeah. And do you have a motto or saying that Anna Devana lives by? Um, I have a few, but I would say... Pause often and just listen. Pause often. Gary's Beautiful. pausing. Mm, I'm pausing. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was interesting, Robbo. We're, we're going to close just, 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 just very quickly. But when Anna walked on stage at the Day of Inspiration, we had a lot of keynote speakers and, and introduced Anna and, and Anna walked on stage and just stood there. And it wasn't very long, but it seemed like eternity. And it just brought this pause and this calm and this spirit to the room. And it just changed the whole dynamic and you, 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 honestly, you could hear crickets. It was just beautiful. And then Anna started. And it's, it's surprising because it's so good for the creative mind. It's so good for imagination. It's good for the body and stuff. And yet it's so simple, but it's surprising how fewer people really struggle to pause. Because every time we get to pause, we pull out a mobile phone and we fill it full of something that's, you know, so anyway, that's, a, that's a beautiful way to, to, to finish. Do you know, interestingly though, it's something that we experience every day because I can tell you in the way they put together feature films and TV shows and all that sort of stuff in terms of a soundtrack and action and all that sort of stuff, they actually map it out per episode. Like, okay, we've got to bring it down here and calm the audience down and then we build it back up again. And so even though we don't notice it, we actually experience it in everyday life in ways like that. Silence is actually a very powerful thing in the media. There you go. I remember Ben Kingsley won the Academy Award for Gandhi, was interviewed, and the interviewer, just James Lipton on Inside the Actors Studio, and he said, um, how important is silence to you? And he said, stillness and silence are my currency. And wow. any great actor can deal with that pause. Mm. Any great speaker can deal with the pause. But unfortunately in society today, when there's a pause, somebody thinks they're going to fill it with something. So. That's right. 
Well, look at me just then. I did. <laughs> Exhibit A. Exhibit A. Um, Guilty as charged, Anna, Your Honour. <laughs> Anna, there will be people who will want to get in touch with you because, um, honestly, you've got so much to offer and so much to share. This stuff is just absolute gold. Um, where can people find you or how can people get in touch with you? I will have a website, thesleepmuse.com, and, yeah, you can send me a message through there. And my CDs for sale on there as well, which is a great resource and a great place to start. Just by it helps you learn how to calm your mind into sleep. So, yeah, have a look at my website, thesleepmuse.com. Beautiful. Anna, this has been just the best night Um just, just great for Rob and I to be able to spend time with you, hasn't it, mate? It's been, it's, Absolutely. It's just been terrific. Mm. I'm going to sleep and, well uh, tonight. Oh, thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed it too. Yeah, try. Try the feeling your pyjamas in the bed. See, see how it goes. I'm going to give it a go and I'm going to count my breath. No, not count my breaths. I'm going to listen to my breathing. Feel yeah, my heartbeat. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah, notice Do it. And keep, keep your it. attention there. Okay. Yeah. And feel your jammies. Feel my jammies. Right. Feel your pillow. Yeah. And and maybe move away from those knees. Yeah. I might sleep in the spare bed. <laughs> yeah. Just to see how it works. Yeah. Honestly, I've got a page of notes here, Anna, of stuff. I just, you know, there's just so much great stuff. That war zone in the bed and calming down and, and what people say to themselves in the darkness and the stillness. It's just wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's just, it's an absolute, it's been a delight talking to you. And I know there's so much more that we we will talk to you about. I think we'll get Anna back on the program again. Robbo, what do you reckon at some point? I think that's a definite. Yes, sir. Yes. It's a complete pleasure, Anna. Cool. Yes, sir. Great. You get some, you get some questions from your listeners and I'll answer them. That's a great idea. Well, let's do that. That's a Great thought, because there are going to be people who we didn't even touch on two-year-olds and we didn't, you know, all that sort of stuff. So there's lots more to come. So um, thank you, Anna. It's been well, just thanks. wonderful. We'll, we'll see you soon. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Sweet dreams. Yes, you too. <laughs> <laughs> the Mojo Radio Show. Well, mate, that was um, like a little personal coaching session for you. Um, how do you feel about all that? I feel like going to bed. It's a good thing we're recording this at night because I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to get comfy in my Captain America jammies and feel all cosy. And then I'm going to count my heartbeat and f- listen to my breathing. And uh, although it's a bit late to not drink alcohol, so maybe I'll start tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> Snuggle into your jammies. That's right. Hey, um, we, uh, we're running a little over time. Mm. Um, but I've got one thing which I found during the week which I really want to share, which I think is mm. worth an extra couple of minutes. Do you like cherries? I love cherries and so do my kids. Well, this is a very interesting story. So settle back in your jammies. Have a listen to this. I was doing a job in Brisbane uh, last week mm. and after my speech I was talking to a, an old mate about um, health and wellness and he said that he spent – three years um, on ibuprofen because he had a hip replacement and he was getting um, inflammation in his hips from the operation and stuff and he was Mm. living on them until somebody recommended he start eating tart cherries. (laughs) So he used to buy tart cherry, does. He buys tart cherries in cans, which Mm. is perfectly okay because people think that canned food doesn't carry the nutrition. However, 
Um, it's been proven they do, so it's a good option. And he said he hasn't had an ibuprofen or an anti-inflammatory drug of any sort for years now, and he puts it all down to cherries. So I thought this was interesting because I like cherries as well. I thought if you can eat something you like and it's good for you, then that would be a good thing. So I went online and I found a number of stories. So anybody listening, go online and put down tart cherries uh, anti-inflammatory properties and see what you come up with because there are a number of studies. But I found one on the Life Extension website and I'm just going to cover this off for our listeners because I think this is terribly invaluable and I think it's, it's certainly worth trying, that the FDA in America sent warning letters to cherry growers in the States insisting they cease making substantiated health claims that specific chemicals found in cherries could reduce pain and inflammation mm. because the cherry growers were going out and saying it's been proven. There are scientific studies that say that cherries, because of the dark color of cherries, they are packed with the unique anthocyanin and other natural compounds that fight inflammation. Mm. So, Obviously, one would think that the body, government bodies are trying to squash this because there's so much money tied up in pharmacy and yeah, chemicals and everything else. But this guy swears by his tart cherries. Now, when I started digging more into this, this is, now these are US studies, but mm. there are 111 million subscriptions accounting wow. for around 60% of over the counter pain relieving treatments in the US alone. Mm. So inflammation and killing pain is obviously a massive thing for us. And what, it, what, what they found is that compounds in cherries reduce inflammation um, and they can also switch off certain genes. So they dug into this and it's a deep color in berries and fruits and veggies that carry these powerhouse nutrients. But there's a particular flavonoid called anthocyanin, mm. and it's most prevalent in tart, dark cherries. Now, we buy the frozen ones, which I find the most cost-effective and the ones without the most sugar in them because you don't want fructose in your juice around the cherries. Mm. But tart cherries were ranked 14th amongst the top 50 foods for the highest antioxidant content per serving. Wow which goes way above. Now, you're not going to like this, Robbo, because it goes way past red wine and dark chocolate. Oh, Jesus. Bastards. <laughs> that's, the only, <laughs> that's the only downside to my report here. Okay. <laughs> However, the other thing is that they've actually done real studies behind this. Mm. Osteoporosis and things mm. like that mm. can also be reduced in their mind by these anthocyanins in cherries. Wow. And they've now done pilot studies in the last number of years where they've actually had blind tests versus actuals, like placebos versus actuals. Mm. And the results have been quite astounding. Now, for anybody listening suffering from osteoporosis or inflammation, or if you're an athlete or someone who works out doing CrossFit or running or rowing or whatever it may be, and you get sore, there's also actual tests now in this report, and we'll put the link to it in the show notes, mm. showing that if you have dark cherries on a daily basis, it can help your recovery and reduce uh, pain mm. either during or after um, events or training sessions. So 
I've now started testing this and having cherries each morning just mm. out of the, the frozen ones in my smoothie to see mm. what happens. But there is scientific evidence now to say that these um, little powerhouses, which taste delicious, are actually good for you. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. I'll test it with you. I'll duck down to the local Woolworths now and grab a handful of cherry ripes and I'll eat those for the next week and we can compare notes. How's that sound? Um, I think what I'm, I think I'll read between the lines here, Robert, that we need to get a guest on to talk about <laughs> nutrition and food. Uh, Do you and the, nutrition, the nutritional density for cherry ripe. <laughs> well, I was just thinking, you know, my dicky footy knee, you know, it might do some good. <laughs> yeah, let's um, let's take that one under advisement, my good friend. <laughs> but that's really interesting. Yeah, it is. I think, and there's there's actually a proof behind this. So I think, mm. um, in keeping with you know tonight's show about sleeping and nutrition, this is a little mm. segue that is worth people investigating for themselves. Yeah. And we need to take responsibility and investigate for yourself. But I found this interesting and our family is now starting to drop them into our breakfast smoothies um, and so on in the mornings. Um, but speaking of rugby, I know you wanted to finish with a little rugby piece. Just, yeah, just on a personal note, I've, I've followed Michael Checker as a coach for a long time since I heard of him when he was coaching Ramweek, but certainly followed him since he was coaching Le- Leinster mm. and, um, and stayed de France and then, of course, came to the Waratahs and now to the Wallabies. And just for me... I'd just like to to sort of say that, and I know there's some friends of mine who are, are rugby fans as well, uh, what an amazing job this guy's doing already. And mark my words, we may not win the World Cup next year, but the Wallabies will not be the laughing stock that people are expecting them to be if I have any idea of what this guy can do. And um, and I think we're well on our way. Awesome. Uh, if you want to, if you want to see Mojo in action, go and watch Michael Checker take a coaching session. He is Oh, really? Absolute respect of every single man in his team and every single man in his support team. He is an outstanding coach and he's going to go a long way. Hmm. So, um, actually found out one, well, I didn't find out one thing. I knew this, but um, was reminded of this, this just this morning when I was talking about it. The only coach in history to have won a major rugby competition in the North and South Hemisphere, won the Heineken Cup with Leicester in 2009 and obviously this year's with the Waratahs in the Southern Hemisphere. So, um. Go the mighty checker. Go the mighty checker. Go the mighty wallabies. Indeed. Well, I reckon we might be uh, we might we might be done, mate. What do you reckon? All over. Enough said. See you next week. Ciao. The Mojo Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at the Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see GaryBurtWhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out VoodooSound.com.au and for the right voice, RealTimeCasting.com. Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time.